Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My people lad, who lived with their parents till their mid-30s! All right, thanks, dude. <laughs> Sure did. I moved out since then, though. I moved out since then. Robbie Makloff with you on the score on a Tuesday evening here with you till 9 o'clock. My guy Brandon Fryer on the other side of the glass on the ones and twos produced up a fine program for you and me this evening. Sean Hammond of the Daily Herald. He'll be here at 7 o'clock to talk some bears. Want to talk some bulls with you in that 7 o'clock hour with you as well. If you if you missed Johnny Brandmeier with uh, Parkins and Spiegel earlier today, we'll bring that your way coming up at 740. And Rick Camp who uh, covers Bulls radio postgame right here on The Score. He'll join me at 8 o'clock to talk about those Bulls before they get back to action tomorrow night against Cleveland. Do you hear that right here on 670 The Score? Out of the gates, I want to talk to Bears fans at 312-644-6767. Give me a call or get in on the Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin text line. I want to know, this is my first chance to talk to you all since, since the Bears announced the changes at Hallis Hall last week of firing Ryan Pace and firing Matt Nagy. And I, I was, there, was, there was a brief moment of, of joyous celebration in my house. I had that day off. I had a three-day weekend, and that was good news to get on your three-day week. Not that I want anybody to be fired. I don't like to see anybody lose their job, but I just felt like it was time for change at Hallis Hall, and the first part of change is getting out the, the old guard to make way for the new guard. But then, like, once that wore off, and I was sitting there with my day off and the last day of my three-day weekend, the feeling of, of, of dread kind of started to set in because I, I thought it's hard for me to think they won't screw this thing up, man. It, it's hard for me to think that the bears won't screw this thing up in terms of the hires that they're about to make. Are you pretty sure the bears will screw this up? 312-644-6767 is how you can give me a call or get in on the Rosen Hyundai text line. Are you pretty sure the bears will screw this thing up now? The, the rumor mill has been hot and heavy. They've interviewed a lot of guys for GM and for coach, and I don't know how serious any of it is. Brandon, other side of the glass, not to get into your personal business. Do you, do you, uh, do you mess with the, the dating apps? Are you, are you, you, you connected? You got a girl? What, what's going on? I got a Brandon? wife. All right, I'm you got a wife. Okay, so you're not on the dating app. You know how they work, though, right? You got an idea of how they work. Yeah, I got it. I feel like where the bears are right now, you're still at that part where, like, all these interviews you matched, you know what I mean? But you're still, like, chatting on the app, right? Next step is second interview, 
that's when you've exchanged phone numbers and now you're actually exchanging text messages, maybe a few pics, maybe a few videos. Don't send anything that he or she doesn't want to see. Make sure everybody are willing and consenting adults in said situation. But I don't feel like anything is at the point where they've exchanged phone numbers and pics and videos are going back and forth yet. You know what I mean? I feel like we're still on the chatting on Bumble stage of the Bears hiring process. Does that make any sense? That's fair enough. Okay. I, yeah. All right. And I hope, I hope that they find that, you know, they find the right match and they don't, you know, jump into anything and get too serious with anybody who they should not be hooking up with. You know what I mean? There's some bad people out there, bad things going on. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like some of the bears would kind of already do. Right. Yeah. Like they're going to hook up with a crazy person is what's going to happen. Somebody who's going to be stalking you. You know what I mean? And fall in love with that person. And fall in love with that. Somebody toxic. Somebody who does not need to be in your life. Somebody who's just going to come in and cause more chaos for years to come. That, that's what I feel like. I feel like the Bears are chatting with few people, and they're going to pick the one who's the wrong one. They're going to pick the one who's the wrong one from all the Bumble chats that they got going on. Because, I mean, what, what do we got to go on other than the Bears screwing this thing up, man? What do we have to go on other I, – I can only go on, on history. I can only go on sample size. I can only go on experience. Now, I don't want to feel this way. I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to not have faith in my organization. But I have a hard time having faith in my organization, man. It's been a long, long run of mediocrity or worse for me as a 42-year-old Bears fan. Lifelong Bears fan. It's been a long, long run of mediocrity. And that's not coincidence. That's not luck. Simply changing coaches or changing general managers is not going to fix everything. You have to find the right one. You have to find the right GM or president of football operations. You have to find the right coach. And time and time again, they're hiring the wrong people. And I already kind of had that feeling from day one, from day one of them announcing that Pace and Nagy were fired. I kind of already had that feeling. And then today, getting ready for the show and reading a piece at The Athletic, it was Adam Johns and... I forget who the co-author was on that article. My apologies. Long, thorough, in-depth piece on how the Bears have been screwing up these hires going back decades and how, as they put it, they've been forcing new regimes when you talk about the three pillars of a good NFL organization that's general manager or president of football operations, coach and quarterback, They've been revolving there in making one or two of those guys between the football mind, the coach, and the quarterback, making at least one or two of those guys as they've transitioned inherit each other's trash, as they put it in this article at The Athletic, laying out the long history of the Bears screwing up hires. And, man, reading that, I want to stop myself from reading it because I was getting an ulcer. I was getting agina. I was getting chest pains reading this thing about how blunderous the Bears have been in making the most important decisions that a football organization can make with the three most important people in an organization being the GM, coach, and quarterback. They just get it wrong time and time again, man. Do you feel like the Bears, are you pretty sure the Bears will screw this thing up? 312-644-6767. Get in with me, Robbie Makloff, on the score on a Tuesday evening. 
You can make a call. You can get in on the Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin text line. This goes back to when the Bears drafted Justin Fields, and I was on with Lawrence Holmes right after they made that pick. And I said to Lawrence at the time, and this is kind of how I feel now about the GM and the coach hire, I want to be excited, man. I want to be optimistic. I want to believe. I want to feel like there are brighter days ahead and there's a light at the end of the tunnel when thinking about the Chicago Bears and at that time thinking about the quarterback position in particular. But, A, if I like a quarterback and Ryan Pace likes a quarterback coming out of the draft, there's a good chance I'm wrong because Ryan Pace was wrong about quarterbacks for a living. And secondly, yeah, Justin Fields probably has all the tools and everything that it takes to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. But great quarterbacks don't just fall from the heavens destined to be great quarterbacks. You have to set them up for success. You have to create a culture and environment that they can flourish and succeed in. No quarterback has ever made it in the NFL on any level without having those things in place. And that's how I feel about the general manager and the coaching hire. That I want to be excited about it. I want to feel good about it. But just like I couldn't trust Nagy and crew to put Justin Fields in the best position to succeed and flourish because of a lifetime of mediocrity and screwing up these hires, I don't have the faith in the McCaskies, starting with George, to get this thing right. And when I read that McCaskey, now I don't know if this is him throwing people off the trail, whether it's us in the media, whether it's you know other teams that are also looking to make hires. I don't know if this is him throwing us off the trail or the scent when he says he doesn't know if they'll hire a coach or a GM first. That tells me we're already off to a bad start. How do you not know that? Don't you have an idea in mind of what kind of structure or what kind of chain of command you want to have in place before you make these hires? You're going into the search not knowing what your structure and your chain of command is going to be. I can tell you what it should be. It should be coach answers to a GM and GM answers to ownership. That's it, period, end of story. There are are instances around the NFL where coaches have final say on personnel, but those guys usually come with, like, a track record. Those guys usually come with stripes earned on their shoulder. Like, Pete Carroll went to Seattle and and had had final say and control over the roster. That was a guy who came in with some notoriety and and some, some clout. You know what I mean? Who are you bringing in? that's got that kind of notoriety and clout that you might hand over, hand over control of the organization to them. Nobody who I've seen in all these interviews warrants that or constitutes that, in my mind. Nobody at all. I, and, and the one who might is Brian Flores. And I was reading Hub's piece today at Shaw Media. And, man, I, I, I'm intrigued by, by Brian Flores. I do. But everybody calm down. Everybody pump the brakes a little bit. On Brian Flores, who went 24 and 25 in Miami and never made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, what is this dude? What is this dude? And I understand what he was working against in Miami, but there was also, and this could be ownership and 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 higher ups in the front office above Brian Flores, but there's there's a lot of a lot of rumors floating around that he doesn't play nice with others. Could it also be that Patriots way, the fact that most of Belichick's coaches, they always feel like they have to have that power. 
in yes. order to do anything. Yeah. And that's probably what Flores thing. He comes from that way because Belichick has power. So he's like, I want that power too, since I've played okay with my team. And I heard Zach Zaidman on on with uh uh Ant and and Parkins earlier, and he's he said the same thing. Like, how's that worked out so far? You know what I mean? Where's Bill O'Brien? Where's Matt Patricia? Where's Josh McDaniels? Where's Charlie Weiss? Where's Brian Flores? All of them are not head coaches anymore. That, that's where all those guys are. They're not head coaches of their respective programs and organizations. So whether it's Brian Flores or anybody else, I don't see anybody who I've seen who comes in with the title. Even, even Jim Harbaugh. There's not one rumored candidate that I see comes in with the type of clout that I go, yeah, you, I'm handing over control of this organization to you and a general manager or president of football operations will answer to you. I don't see that. But even if that was what they wanted to do, like you don't know that? You don't know that going into the hiring process? When I read that, that drove me crazy. And maybe I'm overreacting. But for George McCaskey to say, we don't know if the GM will answer to the coach or vice versa or who will, who will be hired first. It's crazy. That's crazy. And I already had a bad feeling about it, and then I see him go and say that. Are you pretty sure the Bears will screw this thing up? I, that's, that's, a real, that's a real pessimistic way to kick off the night. But, man, this has been on my mind for a week. This is my first chance to talk to y'all since they made the announcement that Pace and Nagy are gone. And this has been, like, hanging on my conscience ever since. feels good to get it out. It does feel good to get it out. It's therapeutic. You know what I mean? I'm here for you, Chicago, on a Tuesday night at 312-644-6767 if you need to get on the couch. Are you pretty sure the Bears will screw this thing up in replacing Pace and Nagy? 312-644-6767. Let's go out to Schaumburg. And Ken, Ken, you're on the score. What's up, man? Ken? Brandon, do we got Ken? Oh. Ken? Oh, you there? There you are. What's up, man? How are you? Yeah. Hi. Hi, Rami. Uh, uh, good. Uh, I, I want to just say um, I'm, I'm on uh, COVID protocol, so I've been enjoying the uh, the tribute to Les Grobstein. It's been great uh, on the score. And uh, if I if I may, I'd like to ask you um, your 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 background uh, growing up around the area in the Chicagoland area and. Uh, and how that is translated into going into Green Bay or, or, or Wisconsin radio, and uh, and any experiences with Les Grobstein? You know what um, I do. I Ken, thanks for the call, man. I do have a Les Grobstein story, and Les Les was a big influence on me in terms of growing up in the Chicago area. And I was a scorehead. I was infatuated with this station. It's very very cool for me to be here on these airwaves. And I want I want to tell that story at about at about six forty here uh, tonight, and it's 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 less man. Like when you hear this story, you'll go, yeah, that's that's less Grobstein. You know what I mean? So I will get into that a little bit later on in the show. And yeah, listening to the score for the last couple of days, man, and and hearing all the tributes and all the all the memories and recollections of Les Grobstein, man, it's 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 been moving, and it's it's been it's been something. Let's go back out to the phones. Let's go to Rockford and Brian. Brian, you're on six seventy. The score. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Um, this, this is something that's been on my mind for ever since the season began. Uh, I knew this was coming. I knew that they were going to get rid of pace. I knew, oh, I knew Nag, Nagy was gone because they could just. I, I didn't want Fields to play because I was afraid they're going to ruin him Same. like they did with Trubisky yep. and everything else. And and I know we needed to develop Fields on the uh, out there, 
But I was just nervous that are we going to ruin him? Or is he going to dissolve and become horrible again or whatever? Mm-hmm. But then, then as the season ended up, I was thinking to myself, it's like, I don't want Pace to go because why, what is the McCaskey's going to pick up? I mean, if you look at the track record, look at all the GMs they picked up and all the people that they've had. It's like the, they've depleted the depth. They've depleted the whole team. There's nothing left there. There's a skeleton in the team. And you start seeing some of the positive. I know Pace was probably average at best. But considering all the other GMs we've had, they are below average. They're horrible. We're going to get another below average GM that's going to gut our team out again, start all over again. And just when we thought we had a decent team, and here we are going back to ground zero again, we're going to be the next Cleveland team where we're going to you know, maybe get two wins for the season. We're going to ruin everybody on the team. We're just going to go downhill. I just don't see us the, the, the hey. structure. They're going to pick anything good. Brian, you might be right. Thanks for the call. You might be right. <laughs> and obviously, I, I feel pretty strongly that you might be right in asking the question, are you pretty sure the Bears will screw this thing up? They they might end up they might end up hiring somebody worse than Ryan Pace. Like that could happen. They could hire somebody worse than Ryan Pace. That's a, that's a possibility, no doubt. But don't don't just settle. Don't 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 settle for mediocrity because you're scared that the next guy will be worse as a fan. Demand better. Demand better is what we should be doing as fans. Not going ah oh, stick with this guy because I'm scared of what the next guy might be. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Changes needed to be made. Now make the right hire. And I'm not so sure that the Bears can do that. Are you pretty sure the Bears will screw this thing up? 312-644-6767. Rami Makloff with you on the score on a Tuesday night. That's how you can give me a call or get in on the Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin text line. Be back right after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. I would love to see the Bears talk to Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh is not in the equation, get on a plane tonight and just hire Brian Dayball, in my opinion. I'm serious. I mean, uh, just for the reasons that you said, Molly, the guy has been exposed with Saban, with Belichick, and now he's doing it himself. And, you know, and, and I talked to some people, you know, you, the, the guy's a little bit, uh, he's not a city guy, you know, so he's kind of got that relaxed attitude, a little bit of a sweatshirt guy, maybe jeans. I mean, and, and you know, his personality is a little bit different. I'm saying it in a positive way. I just think the guy's got everything that you'd be looking for as far as a guy with history that's done it. He's been exposed to different programs. He's been exposed to different offenses. And he's got a quarterback that's an athlete, and that's going to be a key. How do we develop Justin Mm. Fields? Dave Wanstead earlier today with Parkins and Spiegel. Rami Makloff with you on the score on a Tuesday evening. This top of the hour brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Asking you, are you pretty sure that the Bears will screw this thing up and finding their next GM or president of football operations and next head coach? 312-644-6767 is how you can give me a call or get in on the Rosen Hyundai text line. You can also tweet me at Rami, R-A-M-I-E, is tweeting. You heard Wani bring up Brian Dable there, the uh, Bills offensive coordinator. This one from the 310. If they don't hire Dable, they will get it wrong. And that's the guy who I kind of have my sights set on. But just like I said before, when the Bears drafted Justin Fields, and I went, man, I like Justin Fields, but so does Ryan Pace. So, uh... There's a pretty chance I'm wrong. There's a pretty good chance I'm wrong about Justin Fields. 
Because Ryan Pace is wrong about quarterbacks for a living. It's what he did for five years. He was wrong about quarterbacks for a living. So if the Bears like Brian Dable, if George McCaskey and the Brain Trust at Hallis Hall go, that's our guy, I got to go, man, is that the right guy? I got to wonder if that's the right guy. It scares me when I agree with, with people who, you know, are often wrong. And I know you heard my Josh Allen take in the crosstalk from uh, Parkinson Spiegel to this show. I'm wrong from time to time, but not that wrong. You know what I mean? Never with anything that important as, like, getting your quarterback right or getting your GM or your coach right. Stupid sports takes are things that I'm wrong about, not things that are that serious. 312-644-6767. Are you pretty sure the Bears will screw this thing up? Let's go out to Niles and Matthew. You're on the score. What's up, man? Rami, how you doing? First yeah. of all, welcome back to Chicago, I guess. Thank you. Um, and uh, my condolences on Les Grobstein. Um, I want to make a couple points, and then I'll hang up and listen to what you got to say. Um, I don't really know about the GM situation. I'm a diehard Michigan Wolverine fan, been one since I was a child. Um, so either way, I'd be affected by the hardball move. Um, but I have a couple names out there that, I mean, I don't know if they could grab them. Um, I don't know if you can grab a Hall of Famer, but I think they should go get Bill Cower, or you go grab uh, the former Eagles coach. Um, and I was also reading an article that uh, the Bears don't want anybody like Mike Ditka anymore. They want nice guys. Well, we're a blue-collar city. We don't need a nice guy. We need a table thrower, somebody that's going to, you know, rant and rave and, and, and kick these guys in the backside. Um, just, I just wanted to get your opinion on the, on the two coaches that I met. Or um, the guy from the Saints, or we should try to steal um, uh, Tomlinson from Pittsburgh. Or, or Herm Edwards, one of those guys, somebody somebody of that caliber. Uh, I'll hang up and uh, listen to what you think, and uh, welcome to Chicago, and uh, have a nice night. Matthew, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. I mean no disrespect to these guys whatsoever, but when you bring up Cower and Tony Dungy or, or, or these other guys, man, this game is constantly changing and evolving. You You don't leave this game, and I know that those guys are in broadcasting and they have studio jobs and everything else. You don't leave this game for his and, – and years ago, I did want Bill Cower. Like, when, when they – when even maybe as recently as when they hired Nagy, I wanted Bill Cower. I know when they hired John Fox, I wanted Bill Cower. But, man, every year that goes by is another year that these guys have catch-up to play. You know what I mean? And I know it looks real nice on the marquee Bill Cower, Bears head coach, or Tony Dungy, Bear, or Herm Edwards. Bear, I know it looks good on the marquee, but I, I really don't know if these guys are up with with today's NFL and ready to take over an organization and run it. It's it's one of the things about this whole search that already has me kind of sketchy. The fact that Bill Polian is running this thing, that he's running the search, man. This guy is and look, Bill Polian has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know, okay? And had a long successful run in this league. But the dude is kind of a dinosaur. Isn't he the one who said Lamar Jackson should move to wide receiver when he was coming out of Louisville in the draft? He also said Chad Kelly was a better quarterback prospect than Pat Mahomes. Thank you. Like, that's, that's the dude who we have running our search? That, that concerns me a little bit. That, that was one of the first early signs, like substantive signs. Again, just the fact that it's McCaskey's made me wonder at the beginning if they would screw this up. But that was one of the first, one of the first things that made me kind of turn my head and go, oh, what, Bill Polian? Is the guy running this search? Isn't it still crazy, though, that even with that, though, Bill Polian still has more football knowledge and experience than anybody else that's on this committee for this uh, search? Yeah, it's wild, man. And I've heard Lawrence bring this point up a couple of times. The fact that the McCaskies, who, what, how many generations are we into McCaskies now running the Chicago Bears? That you, you don't know enough people around this league? 
that you know who are the good candidates. You got to go keep on keep on on, on on freelancing this gig to go and find people to make hires. You were literally born and raised in the NFL. It's what you do. It's your business. You need Bill Polia to tell you who's good? You haven't picked up a thing or two? What are we doing? It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's go to Tony in Rockford. I said I wasn't going to raise my voice tonight. What's up, Tony? How are you? <laughs> Hi. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Listen, I, I share your concerns because, you know, we've seen it. I'm, I'm 59. I've been watching these guys make mistake after mistake after mistake, you know, since the 80s. But I'm I'm hoping that Bill Polian is smart enough. So they got these guys, big whiteboard up there. They got GMs on one side, court uh, coaches on the other side, and they're drawing the lines, you know, like those cop shows, you know, and they're mm-hmm. like, connecting this guy to that guy and this guy to the other guy and this guy's got three coaches and this guy's got three GMs and and hopefully hopefully they can uh get that right, you know. And I, I kinda with you on uh uh I forgot his name just now. From uh from uh oh, Bill Coward. Buffalo. Oh no Buffalo. Oh Brian Dable. You know their offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of like that that one there. You know, I, you know, I want to see an offensive guy because then you don't lose him. But I really, I like the idea of of pulling in there a little bit, you know, and, and like this, you know, because he knows everybody. You know, they're just kind of pointing this guy to that guy, this guy to this guy, and 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 maybe they get down to the end. But then my fear is they get down to the end and like, oh, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, this guy's gone. Now what? Now we got to mm-hmm. start over again. So hopefully that'll work out. And just one other quick thing about Les. I'm like I said, I'm thinking I, I remember listening to that guy at WLS, and I know you're gonna tell your story in a little while. Sure. But I I gotta tell you, I've been listening to that guy forever, and and I wouldn't even I'm not even the biggest sports fan in the world, but I love the station and everything. But he's got it, and I just love the way he roll. I get up early in the morning. I'm a truck driver. Now I usually catch the last you know, half an hour, hour of a show, and I loved it. Missed that guy. And uh, you're doing a good job, bud. So Thanks, Tony. That's all I got to say. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's been said countless times. Les Grobstein, one of a kind, man. There's there's no replacing a Les Grobstein. And I, I, I do want to tell my, my one interaction with Les coming up a little bit later on here in this hour. But the caller there said he wants to have hope that they can get this. T- I want to have hope, too. I do. I want to believe. I want to have hope that the Bears can get this thing right. But I'm going to go back to the drafting of Justin Fields one more time. And, 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 I, and I was on Lawrence's show right after they made that draft. And at the time, people just kind of forgot, like, how little faith they had in Pace and Nagy. They, they were so drunk. They, was, they were so enamored and infatuated with the fact that they traded up to go and get Justin Fields that they, they forgot. All of a sudden, they were in love with Pace and Nagy again. And I said at the time, this is like some trash dude who cheats on his girlfriend and lies coming home with roses, talking about, baby, forgive me, it'll never happen again. You know what I mean? And that's real flattering at first, and you want to believe. And you go, oh, look at the flowers. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying you have to throw that dude out the first time. Give him a chance if you want to, if you feel like there's something special there. Give him a chance. Have hope that he can change. But those flowers are going to die. And if he's still the same dude when those flowers are dead, run. Run, okay? But don't forget who he is because he came home with flowers. Don't forget who Pace and Nagy were because they came home with fields is what I said then. Don't forget who the McCaskies are because they granted your wish of getting rid of Pace and Nagy. Remember, there's still that same trash dude 
<laughs> That's what you need to keep in mind until they show you otherwise, until they prove to you that they've learned from past mistakes and have changed because of past mistakes and, and are getting it right this time. Don't, don't get too enamored with the idea of a fresh new start until you see that it is actually a fresh new start. Don't get all caught up in symbolism and, 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 and things looking good on the surface. Hold them accountable. What do I feel like I'm talking about my own relationships right now? Let's go to Joe in St. Charles. You're on 670 The Score. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. Hey. Listen, I'm not worried about who the Bears get because whoever they get has got to be better than what was there. I don't think people realize just exactly how bad Nagy was. That guy was really horrible. And I want to say one thing about Les, too. He died with his boots on, and I think that's the way he would have wanted to go. Okay? Agreed. Appreciate the call. Yeah. Parkin said it when I was driving in listening. I don't know if he would have done it for free, but he would, he would, tell, he would tell Danny whenever he would ask him, how long are you going to do this overnight thing? Because it's a grind. Like, it'll, it'll wear you out, man. And he said, I'll, I'll do it for as long as he'll have me. The dude loved doing what he did for a living. Like, from, from the standpoint of having a passion for what you do, no, no better example, no matter what it is that you do, no better example than a Les Grobstein. The love and passion that he had for this thing that we do here on The Score is un, unrivaled. Unrivaled. Let's go to uh, Dave in Deer Park. You're on 670 The Score. What's up, David? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate you it. know, I know there's been so much talk about who they hire first, a good GM or a coach. I go back to when they hired Mike Ditka in 1982. And that same year they drafted Jim McMahon. But I think what we, I think what really needs to be captured is the fact that from 1979 to 1984, the Bears drafted probably six or seven guys that went to the Hall of Fame, all pros from, you know, Dent, Van Horn, Otis Wilson, Wilbur Marshall, Mike Singletary, the greatest draft, 1983. From what I've seen, and I lived through the, we lost to the Redskins back-to-back years in 86 and 87, and then in 88, crushed by the Niners. I just say this, uh, a coach is important, and I think the guy from Buffalo would be perfect. We already have our quarterback in place. So without a first-round pick, you can get linemen in the draft. I think the Bears just really need to not fill holes with free agents. They need the draft well. And I don't know who that guy is, but it, it, they work in concert. But that's what I witnessed. We all go back to the 85 Bears, sick and tired of hearing about them. Ditka got him there, and he also is the one that failed them. We need somebody that knows to identify talent, and talent maybe later in the in the draft. Yeah, drafting is is first and foremost the most imperative thing that the Bears need to do well moving forward. You don't win in free agency, man. You don't. The the best franchises in this league for the last three four decades. You got the the Patriots, obviously the Steelers, the Packers. You look at those teams, and what they do is draft and develop. And then, and then they, might, they might plug the holes with the free agent here and a free agent there, but it's not their lifeblood. They draft and they develop. That, that's, that's what successful organizations do. And Ryan Pace, not to say that he didn't do some things well, 
But the most important, the two most important things that he that he had to get right, head coach and quarterback, never got it right. Never for all the other, and that that cancels out all the other things that he got right. Any other any other draft pick that he has that you look at and you say that guy has a future, and I'm glad he's a Chicago Bear. All that is canceled out by getting the head coach and the quarterback wrong, especially when you hired the head coach to coach the quarterback that you gave up so much capital and so many resources to go and get, and so much was riding on that guy being the guy. You got the pick wrong, then you got the coach to coach him up wrong. That was that was the beginning of the end for Ryan Pace right there, and rightly so. I'll keep taking your thoughts on the Bears. I also have my own Les Grobstein story. Everybody's had their Les Grobstein stories and recollections here on the score the last couple days. And uh, it was really, really, really cool moment for me. I want to share that with you guys and keep taking your calls on the Bears right after this. Rami Makloff with you on the score on a Tuesday night. Question right in the center, please. Hi, everybody. I'm Les Grobstein from the score in Chicago and Associated Press Broadcasting. Les was uh, the voice of the Chicago fan. I revered Les, the Chicago radio institution. I just always came to appreciate the encyclopedia knowledge. Grobber was... Inhuman. He was a machine. He's impossible to to capsulize beyond that. He was a true original. Are you a Looney Tunes guy, Grover? Oh hell yeah. Les was a place where it was okay to be you. It was okay to be weird. It was okay to be off. People say I felt like I knew him. It's because you did. He was a term one of a kind. He really was one of a kind, and thank goodness he was one of a kind. Bananas. I love him. He was so quirky and just like he had these great stories. I was there. And they weren't like great stories, like a traditionally great story. Right? Like there, there wasn't even much of a payoff. Right? After the game, we go into Tony LaRusse's office. I asked the first question. I said, how is he? I don't want to talk about and that. And then Bob Glass responded with, okay. And LaRusse goes, I'll bleeping yell at and that's you when I Dave Stewart you. starts screaming, don't you ever bring your ass in here again. We have a question from Les. Hi, Madonna. Over this way. There you go. Because that trade sucked from here to Timbuktu and a lot further than that. All the way out to the planet. And yes, I said it again, and I'll repeat it. Planet Pluto. Yes, talking about having a robot umpire. Somebody's reporting in that a self-driving Uber. You know, they're coming out with a lot of these self-driving cars. And I was just waiting for something like this to happen. Struck a pedestrian in Arizona this week. So much for... Having robot umps. 708, Les, what if the Russians hack the strike zone system? <laughs> Laughing out loud. My question is for Les. Relative to one or two cans of Coca-Cola, how big are we talking? <laughs> Use your imagination and you're probably right. Wee, Leah. Remember that rant? I was the only person in there with a microphone. Because if they're the real Chicago fans, they can kiss my right downtown and print it. I feel like every person in baseball should listen to that like once a quarter. 85% of the world's working. The other 15 come out here. The playground for the Are you still going to try to make a deal and get the Lee-Elia microphone away from Les Brooks? Yeah, I think my problem is I showed him my hand early and I think he knows it's something I really want. It's the holy grail. What are you doing for the Super Bowl this year, Robert? Uh, Still working on things. Okay. Are you going someplace? I am not at liberty to... Will you drop it? I'm dead serious. 
I just want to know. I mean, if you're gone, I think that's cool. I think we should make this announcement. Right there now. is no announcement. Drop the subject. I'm dead serious. Back to this Super Bowl thing. What does right this now. year's Bears team have to do with 1995? Can I say something? Oh, yeah, my God. Les, what does it have to do with it? It has everything to do with it. And I still have people asking about the coffee. It's texting me, why would you drop the coffee? You know what? KMA. Do not congratulate the opponent. I don't care if it's a Vex teammate during a game. No, That's no. bull. I, I disagree. Okay, then you're full of crap, too. You're all full of crap. You don't do that during a game. When the game starts, they're the enemy. You're trying to beat them. Some of you Packer fans are classy, but for some of you obnoxious scumbags, I got one thing. Like I said, in the afternoon show, especially Burnsy, they're in love with Saber Metrics and all this other crap. Saber Metrics. Makes me want to barf. I predict that the Cubs will win the division. How about the World Series? Are they going to win that too? Like, you're out of your. I can't even say it. I don't care about the Miami Heat's history. The hell with them. And the horse that rode in on them. Last look forward to runners on second base when the 10th inning begins. That thing sucks. It sucks. And it free bases. That's what I think of that rule. The Bears Super Bowl. All the media that were there all week long, they hated the Bears. The Bears were America's team. What are you talking about? The, no, they weren't. The no, Bears. they weren't. Everybody, you weren't down there. I was. Well, left. <laughs> you should probably like kick his ass. I have a fight on our hands in a minute. Get it in quick. <laughs> you win. You be shocked. Really? Uh oh. Let's do this. They might have gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals if it wasn't for a terrible call made by Hugh Hollins. Good morning, Les. Great show. Hey, Dave, I mean, Dave, wouldn't you Dave, think Dave, that if Dave, you Dave, had somebody who was sober dump on the field? Uh, Dave, thanks uh, for calling in. Jump, dump them, dump them, dump them. Cubs Mr. versus White Glanty, Sox fans. You're a damn liar. Goodbye. Chicago Sports Radio was lost to legend. Les Grofstein was one of a kind. He's one of a kind. I don't know one guy who doesn't like Les. He had a kind soul and a good, good heart. They don't make them like less anymore. And I mean, I would argue they didn't make them like less before last. Calgary, not Calgary, it's Calgary. <laughs> Calgary. Of all the people I've ever worked with, he's the one guy who never, ever changed in any way. And I think there's something to be said for that, you know, because it was a pretty good guy. Why change? The memories of having that near and dear to our heart will kind of you know, just uh, blame the spirit of continuation of remembering Les in a very positive way. The friends that Les made in overnight radio. I got a trade for you, Les. Tom, this better be good. The friends that Les never met, but they considered Les a friend. The knowledge that that man had just to talk with him was a pleasure. There was no way Les could meet all these people. And that's what makes overnight radio special, and that's what made Les special. I've listened to him probably... 40 years. Who I feel really bad for is all these people that will have a void in their life that Les will never be heard live again talking to these people. And and that's what really hits me the hardest. Thank you, Les. I love you. Period. New paragraph. So much for that. And this is Score Overnight. Man, that was cool right there. Shout out Chris Tannehill who put that thing together. Tribute to Les Grobstein, who a couple nights ago, score overnight host, uh, passed away. And obviously, much has been said about Les on these airwaves the last couple days. Rami Makhlouf with you on the score on a Tuesday night. And uh, I'll, I'll get back to your calls on the Bears in just a few minutes. But I, I, I didn't know Les the way that most of the guys who walk these halls know Les or, or knew Les. 
I, I knew him much the same way that most of the people listening to me right now know him, which was as a listener. And I, I worked my way through college delivering pizzas, which was really a great education for if you want to get into radio or broadcasting, just driving around, listening to the guys who do it the best, guys and girls that do it the best, and trying to pick up a thing or two here and there that you think you could use or, 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 or you might be able to do. And I can't tell you how many hours in, in my college years I spent driving around listening to less and just, uh, first of all, being entertained beyond belief, but also trying to absorb what this dude was doing and, and, and the magic that, that was Les Grobstein overnights here on 670 The Score. And then, lo and behold, fast forward a few years, and I'm working at The Fan down in Milwaukee, and I'm a part-time producer. And I had... As as a producer, I had booked Les a couple of times for the shows that I worked for up there to come on and talk, you know, if the Bears were playing the Packers or the Cubs are playing the Brewers or Bulls and Bucks or whatever the case might be. And he was always more than accommodating, had no idea who I was, but that's just the type of dude that he was. He first of all, he just loved talking to sport talking about sports to anybody who would listen and also just wanted to, you know, help people in this industry who who he thought that he could help. And so he had come on a handful of times, like I said, when I was a producer and I'd talk to him for a few minutes here and a few minutes there, just lining up the the appearance and what time and who you're on with and everything else. But then just a few years after I started working at the Fan in Milwaukee, one of my first reporter jobs where they sent me out to cover a game was I was going to a, a Bucks bulls game at the Bradley Center up there in Milwaukee. And I'm sitting there on press row, and I notice sitting next to me, is a gentleman with this giant tape recorder. And, like, I wasn't that into Twitter yet. This was a while back. Twitter wasn't even that big a thing yet, so I didn't know what Les or most of the guys working here at the score at the time really looked like, but I knew the tape recorder. I had, I had heard his co-host and other score personalities talking about that big tape recorder that, that he would bring around with them to all the events that he covered. And so I was like, is that a Les Grobstein? I think that's Les. And I, I grew up infatuated with the score, like a lot of you probably are. And even though I was in the industry, I was still, you know, just a fan at that point of sports talk radio and, and especially of the score. And I was like, is that Les Grobstein? I think that's Les Grobstein. So, like, without trying to be obvious about it or fanboy out, you know, I was trying to get a look at his press credential and see if it was Les Grobstein. And then I saw that it was. And I introduced myself. I told him we have talked on the phone a few times, getting you on our station in Milwaukee. Thanks a lot, blah, blah, blah. Told him a little bit about myself and growing up in Chicago and loving the score and loving all the sports teams here. And once Les heard that, I just sat there on press row at a Bucks bulls game just basically being treated to my own Les Grobstein show while this game was going on, talking about Chicago sports and talking about Palatine, where I grew up, and experiences he had there, places he's been there, what I want to do in this industry early on as, as, as a broadcaster and getting into it. He could not have been nicer. He could not have been more warm and welcoming and funny and fun and just more or less Grobstein than he was all those years where I was getting that education on radio. And I, I'd have heard so many producers here on the station, talk about the education that they got with Les working up with him on overnights and him really using them, utilizing them on the air, talking to them about what we're trying to do here. And I didn't get that one-on-one -on -one education from him, 
But from a distance, like I said, delivering pizzas, working my way through college, and then that one night was like, for me, as somebody who grew up listening to the score, for that dude to sit there and indulge me and talk with me over the course of a Bucks bulls game was so... I, I went from being starstruck to just being a dude talking sports with Les Grobstein at a Bucks bulls game. And it was, it'll, I'll never forget it. It'll stick with me forever. And that's the type of dude that he was. Like, they, I was listening to Ant and Danny driving in. And they were talking about the off-air Les Grobstein show, like when the mics weren't on. And that's what I was treated to, man, for one night. And I felt so privileged and so lucky to, to get that for one night. Because I, I heard Mitch in that montage, Mitch Rosen, our boss here at The Score, talking about the, the void left now for folks who work overnight. And a lot of them are truck drivers. A lot of them are, are pizza delivery drivers like myself. And I was one of those people, man. And it, it, it's, it's a void that I don't think can be filled. Like, I know I'm saying it for the millionth time here on these airwaves, Brandon, but truly one of a kind when you talk about Aless Grobstein and, and did so much for, for the score and his, his legacy will carry on through, through guys like me who heard him from a distance I don't know how much you worked with them, Brandon. I know Lawrence Holmes was his producer. Every producer and a lot of the on-air hosts who are here today, they got their start working with Les Garopsi, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, I work with Les. My introduction to the score was with Les. So my first six months, seven months was with Les, and he gave me an education on what it takes to be a score producer. And mm -hmm. just the, he's such an encyclopedia. And then the way, like I said before, he, the way he treats listeners – he gives everyone, no matter what their opinion is, he gives them their time to shine. And I just love the respect that he treats the listeners. And then, like I said, the off-air Les is hilarious. So I, good, I love it. And that, so that's good. the key to me with Les is the off-air Les. And like I said, just a bunch of knowledge. So I'm definitely going to miss him. When I, when I, early on when I got into radio, there was, there was a guy who kind of mentored me, took me under his wing directly that I worked with up in Milwaukee. His name is Tim Allen. He hosts a Brewers post-game show up there. And he would always, he would always like impart these lessons onto me. And he said, one of the things that we're, the main thing that we're doing here as radio hosts is building relationships with our listeners. And you know how like you hear something and then you think back and you, and it's like an epiphany. You're like, oh, when, when Tim said that to me and I thought back to all those nights delivering pizzas and listening to less and absorbing what he was doing. That's what he was doing the whole time, man. And I don't, know if, I don't know if that's how he looked at it. I don't know if that was his philosophy or was just something that came naturally to him. But nobody had a relationship with their listeners the way that Les had a relationship with their listeners. And part of it is being overnight because there's a lot of people have talked about this. There's something special and unique about those hours. And, and it's, it's people who are up. And a lot of us don't want to be up and we're looking for something that, that can make the time worthwhile and entertaining and fun and, and fulfilling. And that's that's what Les was doing. He was building relationships with all of us. And, and he, he, he really will will be missed around here, man. Coming here today and talking to a few people around around the station about Les is, is just it's it's bittersweet because you realize what kind of guy he was, how, how good he was at this thing that we do and that he's he's gone, man. And, and, and I don't know that, that we, we can ever fill that void left by Les Grobstein. So rest in peace, Les. And uh, if anybody has any, any, anything they want to share about Les Grobstein, I'm here until 9 o'clock, and you can hit me up, 312-644-6767. I'm on Twitter, at Rami, R-A-M-I-E, is tweeting. Let's shift back to some sports talk and back to some Bears talk. Sean Hammond of Shaw Local News and the Daily Herald. He'll join me, Rami Makhlouf, on The Score right after this.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.